0: Welcome to ALC Pan-African Radio's education program. The education program is a radio production by African Leadership Center Fellows based at the Center, where they analyze diverse issues on peace and security in Africa. Why is there no comprehensive sexual harassment policy at the African Union? Varaizu Moponga, a fellow from Zimbabwe at the Africa Leadership Center, discusses what she terms the hashtag MeToo movement in the African Union and unpacks findings of the high-level committee set up to investigate allegations of sexual harassment and assault at the AU. The MeToo
1: movement was founded by Tarana Burke, an American activist from the Bronx, New York. And in 2006, she began using Me Too to help women with familiar experiences to stand up for themselves. A decade later, this Me Too movement was appropriated by an American actress called Alisa Milano as a much-needed social phenomenon and as a hashtag She used it to share her story of sexual harassment. From here on, mainstream and social media have been awash with reports of sexual harassment and assault of mostly women, but also men throughout 2018. There has been an increase in the allegations of sexual harassment from several sectors that include the entertainment, the humanitarian, and even policy institutions. As such, the African Union has also not been spared by its own version of the Me Too movement. According to a reporter from an online publication, Quartz Africa, Lindsay Chatel notes that the pan-African institution has a version of its own Me Too movement. When women's staff challenge what they called open quote, professional apartheid, that they enjoyed at the organization. She further writes that not only did the African Union fail to empower its female staff as it champions women's rights around the continent, it also failed to protect them from sexual harassment. A loud whisper came anonymously in a letter to the attention of the African Union Commissioner, Mr. Musafaki. The contents of this letter in a nutshell stated that there were cases of widespread harassment of women in the AU. These harassments range from institutional malpractices, sexual harassment, abuse of authority, bribery, bullying, corruption, fraud, discrimination, misconduct, retaliation, victimization, and above all, central to this broadcast, what the letter claimed to be, sexual harassment. It also addressed issues of impunity, whistleblowing, and due process. What followed was the immediate institution of a high-level committee in May 2018 to investigate the allegations. The committee worked under the leadership of the AU Commission Special Envoy for Women, Peace, and Security, Madame Benetta Diop, and produced its findings in November 2018. According to a report on the outcome of the investigation of allegations of harassment against women and other institutional malpractices in the AU report, numerous interviews with a range of senior officials and staff at all levels, including 88 individuals, who brought information and their opinion on the various cases in question, were interviewed. The committee worked on balance of probabilities, best evidence rule, triangulation, corroboration, in all its interviews, in order to arrive at findings of a prima facie case, calling for further investigation and eventual redress. With all the work done, and the fancy words I have just quoted from the report, the big question is why? Why is it that an institution in which many seek justice, protection, and recourse lacked the safe spaces to interrogate harassment? Why is it that the informal and yet probable way of anonymously reporting these allegations had to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Clearly, the harassment allegations at the AU are disheartening, and as such, there is need to expedite the policy making of the comprehensive policy on sexual harassment as indicated in the High Level Commission report. This article seeks to recommend the following when going about the policy formulation. Firstly, there is an urgent need to seek the help of African women who are known to have broken the glass ceiling in socio-political and economic spheres to push for and champion the rapid process of policy formulation so that this does not take years to complete. Secondly, there is need to pay young AU employees, interns and volunteers with mentors with whom they can freely and frequently share such issues. This I believe will help to bridge the gap between the genders and merge the new voices and faces so as not to face challenges of excluding new insights and energies, and above all, infuse a mandatory culture of intergenerational dialogue in the institution. Lastly, a participatory process in which the recommendations and further actions of the high-level committee are all inclusive to the media, think tanks, women activists, scholars, who are all interested parties such that it does not remain an in-house matter as it is already in the public domain. There is much more that needs to be done in order to expedite the implementation of these recommendations. The listed recommendations are not the only ways. There is also an urgent need to assert political will in the process so as to dismiss the perpetrators. Every woman wants to be there, and I also want to be there to see the process of the sexual harassment comprehensive policy implemented. I therefore commend the efforts of the high-level committee led by Madame Diop for all the efforts they have put in place and I have no doubt that the policy will be implemented and that the listed recommendations will be considered. Hashtag me too.
0: That was Varadzu Muponga, a fellow from Zimbabwe at the Africa Leadership Center. Thank you for listening to ALC Pan-African Radio Education Program. For feedback on this and other programs, please visit our website at www.alcafricanradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Radio ALC and on Facebook, ALC Radio, numeral number one.